Welcome into the Inside Edge NFL podcast. I am your host, Daniel Conley. This is powered by Remarkable. Uh, today we have Colin Anderson, our daily fantasy guru. Hello, Colin. And on the other side, we also have Kenny Kendrina. Kenny is our uh, reasons expert, which uh, helps fuel our betting side of things. Hello, Kenny. Hello, everybody. All right, and what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be going through a couple games that we like and dislike, and then we're going to move into some GPP and cash plays we like in Daily Fantasy, and then we're going to end the show with a player prop and some stacks we like for, obviously, all your betting and DFS needs. Uh, I'll start off with the game that I like this week and the team that I like, and it is the Jets who are three and a half point favorites at the Patriots. Now I know the Jets did not beat the Patriots uh, the last time they played, and I would argue that was much because of Zach Wilson's um, ineptitude. And I'm not betting it because I believe in Zach Wilson. I am betting it because I believe in their running game and their capability to take the game out of Zach Wilson's hands. Uh, I do not believe in Mac Jones all that much. And I don't think anything is going to change this week, despite them eking out a win against the Jets previously this season. Colin, what do you think about the Jets-Patriots game? I like I like the Jets pick a lot. Um, I think it could potentially be a, a, a low-scoring affair. And uh, I like the Jets' defense and probably take the points in, in that type of contest. That's something you bring up, Colin. Um, Kenny, I want to get your, your point on this. If it's a low-scoring affair, is the best way to pick just pick the points? You know, take take what you can. Oh, it, you're asking me, DC. Yes, yes I am. I am. <laughs> if it's a low-scoring game to take the points, that's the way it's worked out. I don't know the exact numbers on this, but I know that the lower total uh, type of games have ended up working in favor of the underdogs more than the favorites. Uh, okay, so. The only thing that would be scary of course here is the belichick factor to me like and the fact that carter's now your number one back um i'm blanking on who the was it was it uh colin james Elmer. robinson well you got robinson too yeah but i'm thinking of the guy who was there before starts with a b oh Reese hall Reese hall thank you <laughs> mm-hmm. who was dynamite um and you know carter's good but i think maybe not as good to your point though about um them running i think that is the key for the Jets. And our model likes the Jets in this game too, plus three and a half. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit further, Kenny, about our model or our reasons model when it comes to our uh, betting on myinsideedge.com? Absolutely. What's nice about it, it is really all about finding those advantages for each team where one team has an advantage over the other. We call it reasons because there are reasons to like a team if, say, for one example, uh, this team happens to be really great at, let's say, rushing to the left side of the field, and their opponent uh, can't stop the run to the left. That's the, that's the simplest example. Um, so picture that sort of matchup contrasting type of, of look deep at each team and their opponent each week in, like, I think we're up to 180-something ways um, possible. And for every one of those where you have one team, let's say, ranking in the top 10 against the other team ranking in the bottom 10 in that area, you've got a reason to like the team. So it's very unique, I think, in the way it it goes about dissecting a game. And it it has done a really nice job of predicting outcomes, especially under certain circumstances when we have a, uh, it'll spit out a rating for each game, a five-star 
Um, I think we're up to, I don't have this in front of me, or maybe I do. We're up to uh, 67% against the spread, which is quite amazing over these last three years in the five-star picks. Yep, yep, 67%. And something we've talked about before is it's it strips out all the biases. You know, I might have a feeling about a specific team. Uh, there are times where I disagree with the model. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm human in that way. But there are times where I see a game where I thought, oh, that's ridiculous they would pick that team and i look like a fool is that was the right pick at the end of the day so uh it's funny that way you know and and a lot of times the ugliest picks what appear to be lucky uh, really ugly to folks like us are like you say dc the ones that actually pay off so don't judge a, a pick by its cover, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's stay with you, Kenny. And it looks like you have the Sunday night game that you like this week. Yes, sir. Uh, so this so Chargers plus six and a half is what we were able to get it at originally. It's already down to Chargers plus five. So people are betting the Chargers. I, that's um, that's one of the picks we really... I could have gone total homer here, by the way. The, uh, the model... For anybody who's listening, probably all one listener will have on this for this first one. Uh, uh, I could have gone total homer and taken the Steelers, who are also a five-star play for us. That's a freebie for anybody listening on this one. Um, and as a Steeler fan, it was pleasing to see that. I think it's the first time it's happened all year. But Chargers plus six and a half. The weighted reasons model loves the Chargers with a 4% at weighted advantage. Um and that just means, by the way, since this is the first time introducing this to some, uh, each reason, uh, some of them can matter more than others empirically when you look back um, through historical data as we have. So we actually weight them and then that helps us figure out who's, you know, who's going to win and uh, how strongly the model feels about each game. So charges are actually um, with, a, with a higher weighted reasons percentage. Um, and when home team dogs have that going on, they are 64% against the spread since 2019. So quite an advantage for the Chargers. Uh, and that's my pick here. Not to mention just the fundamentals of getting Mike Williams and potentially Keenan Allen back. Um, even though the Chiefs are obviously dynamic on offense, uh, we're going with Chargers. Yeah, something to note there. Keenan Allen didn't look like he played in week two when they uh, were in Kansas City. That was just a three-point game, and I believe the Chargers covered in that game as well. Uh, Colin, what are your thoughts on Chargers-Chiefs? I, li- I like the Chargers pick as well. Uh, something to remember is the Chiefs are, are dealing with injuries as well, with Juju ruled out and, and Hardman going on IR. So little advantage for the Chargers there, and, and six and a half is... It's a pretty decent one. Absolutely. All right, let's move over back to you, Colin. Uh, you have Rams plus three over the Saints. Yeah, I'm sticking with the underdog theme, it looks like. Uh, something I found in my research earlier, the Rams are 11-5 and five as, as road dogs under Sean McVay, so that was a nice reassurance, but it's, it's more of a, a gut pick than uh, data, but... The Saints have looked pretty terrible since their Week Eight win, I believe, over the over the Raiders. Uh, Baltimore and, and Steelers last two weeks have got them, and they've put up a combined 23 points. So, more of a not trusting Andy Dalton in his six picks in the last four games. So, Rams in their third third ranked rush D hopefully can can slow Kamara and and come out with a 
Underdog win. Underdog win. He's been really inconsistent, Kamara. And but but CA doesn't the there's no Cooper Cup this week. Does that scare you a little bit? Definitely does. Yeah. He's uh he's pretty dynamic and obviously last year spoke for itself. But uh, they get Stafford back and and I'm hoping they can put up some points at least. I don't I trust their D to hold Saints under 14 or so. So all they got to do is touchdown or two and and I hope they they cover that three. So this is more of a, a defense pick compared to an offense pick on the Rams side. I definitely trust their D more than their offense at this point. Yeah, especially this season, that's for sure. Listen to this one reason real quick that I just pulled up for that game. In the Rams' favor, the Saints have run 11% of their offensive plays in the red zone, which is the fourth lowest or fourth worst. The Rams on the defensive side have allowed only 12.6 points per game in the red zone this season, which is fifth best. Um, so you got that going for you, Colin. Nice. There you go. There you go. All right, let's move on to our picks or our game picks that we just don't like. We want to stay away from. These are ones where you look at the line, you're like, I just don't even want to bet this one. You know, move on to the next game. Uh, I'll start here with the Browns uh, as eight-point uh, dogs against the Bills. And one of the reasons for this is it's obviously moving from Buffalo to Detroit. I'm sure everyone has seen the pictures of what South Buffalo looks like at the moment. And uh, people just couldn't drive to the stadium, more or less. You know, you couldn't get a flight in. It'll be interesting to see if this game is actually played, uh, just because there might be some issues for the Bills team to fly out to Detroit. There's already news that the Browns are busing and not flying from Cleveland, which is also kind of on that Lake Effect area. And it's, uh, I, I saw it at eight, I think it's down to seven and a half now. This is just one of those too many factors. You know, Nick Chubb might be able to run a ton against this Bills team. Josh Allen playing in the Dome has incredible stats. This might be a get-right game because the Browns defense has been putrid this year, which has kind of been a surprise, I think, for many. Uh, and they have a couple injuries here. I know Greg Newsom just got ruled out for this game. So I just don't feel comfortable. You know, the Bills weren't able to practice today. Uh, do they know what they're doing? They had, obviously, a very disappointing loss against the Vikings just last week. So I'm going to stay away from that one. Do you guys feel strongly for the Browns or for the Bills? I was feeling uh, pretty confident that it was going to be worth taking the points in this game when it was blizzard conditions. But now uh, it really is hard to tell. I, I, I agree with you, DC, that uh, it could be one of those get right spots for Josh Allen in a dome is always a nice thing. And, um, up against a defense that's not so tough. I, yeah, I, I could see where it's it's a little unpredictable, but I feel like it's actually more predictable now than it was uh, with those horrible conditions. Yep, absolutely. Colin, any, any thoughts? Any anything to add? I'm kind of in the same boat as Kenny. Um, I would probably favor the Bills in a in a dome setting, but that that plus eight is a is a scary number. So <laughs> lean Bills, but. It's kind of strange that stay the, away too. the line went down to seven and a half. You would think, right? Wouldn't you think uh, the Bills should be giving more now that it's in the dome? Uh, that's a good good point. I mean, I know there's been at least Vegas when they've been setting the lines this year. The, the Bills have been quite the favorites, just about touchdown or more against plenty of teams. Uh, even last week against the Vikings. So 
Uh, maybe this is an overcorrection or a correction to um, how Vegas sees Buffalo. They're still a great team. They're obviously still a Super Bowl favorite, but maybe not as strong as people might think. There are some injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Tredavious White has already been ruled out. Tremaine Edmonds is also going to be out. So that might be not necessarily something about the offense, but it might be saying something about the Bills' defense with this line. All right, let's uh, move on to the, uh, Kenny, your pick, and this one is the Vikings-Cowboys. Vikings are dogs by one and a half points. How do you feel about that? Yeah, and again, under the uh, under the subject of, you know, games we don't like, games we want to stay away from, this is one of those. Um, give me a second here, guys. This was the game of all of the games on the slate where the reasons uh, were this, had the closest differential in other words like there was only nine reasons to like the vikings and seven to like dallas um it is one of those games and that's a very low count by the way just typically throughout the week throughout week by week when we look at these games nine and seven both are low numbers um so that just being so tight and then the the line is set at one and a half for a reason um nobody kind of has a serious edge here uh so that one i could just see it being won by a point and i hope it uh goes that way because we're taking the Vikings, although as a one-star pick this week. Yeah, this is interesting. Vikings are dogs at home. Now, Colin, you are our resident Minnesotan. Uh, you are a Vikings fan. Uh, do you feel a little disrespected that the Vikings are home dogs against the Cowboys? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just that national perception of, of Minnesota and, and on the flip side, Dallas. Uh, we typically don't get a whole lot of respect, and, and maybe that's deserved, but coming off a big win, we have let we have our fair share of Minneapolis Miracle and then and then our other playoff win in, in New Orleans where we got stomped by uh, 49ers next week. So I'm a little nervous for a letdown, but we have played in, I think it's seven straight one-score games, so I'd expect a close one. Yeah, and I mean, all it takes is win by a field goal, and you're you're good here, or even lose <laughs> I'll by take one. The field goal. I know you wouldn't enjoy that too much, though, Colin. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, did we um, mention? Did we mention yet, guys? How we're actually going to keep track of this stuff, and um, the winner of this particular one, the way you win it is by being closest to the spread. In other words, like if the spread is three and the game ends up three, you know, one team wins by three. You're, it's like closest to the pin, right? So that would be the winner of this particular type of, I don't know what we're calling, wager, I guess. Yeah, so we're, we're having a little friendly wager uh, amongst us three. And uh, we can have a, a season tally as well as a weekly tally. Uh, and we will obviously go over our bets and say, oh, you know, boy, I was really bad on this one or I was really great. So uh, stay tuned for, for the upsets or the disappointing uh, comments on those. The bragging um, and the ragging will start yes. next week. Yes. <laughs> All right, we have one more game here, and that is going to be Collins' game that you want to stay away from, and that is the Ravens versus the Panthers. The Ravens are 13-point favorites. Uh, how do you feel or not feel about this game? Yeah, I chose this one because I didn't I didn't have a great feel for it. Uh, Baltimore is a little banged up. Uh, I saw Lamar was added to the injury report recently, um, and then Andrews as well, and Obviously, Bateman is still out, so uh, we'll see. 
On the flip side, the Panthers uh, are one and seven against spread in the last eight road games. Uh, are one and seven against spread in the last eight road games. So they aren't uh, exuberating confidence there either. Um, and also, Baker is starting for the first time since I think it's week five. So. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. I thought that I thought PJ's Walker, uh, PJ Walker was still uh, going there. Pretty sure I saw Baker starting at least, but um, yeah, first time yeah. since week five, so there's another unknown. Um, and yeah, Baltimore, while they're I believe six and three, they haven't won by thirteen since week one. So uh, we'll see. It should be an interesting game. All right, so those are our three picks uh, that we don't want to stay stay uh, we want to stay away from. Uh, just to recap. Uh, I have the Browns-Bills, Kenny, you have Vikings-Cowboys, and then Colin, you have the Ravens-Panthers. Now let's move over to our Daily Fantasy. And Daily Fantasy here, obviously, I don't enjoy playing because all I do is lose. Uh, Kenny and Colin have obviously had a bit more success than I have. Uh, We are going to talk about some tournament plays as well as some cash plays. Cash plays, uh, Colin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, are more safe, you know, higher floor type of plays. uh, Whereas tournament plays, you want to uh, differentiate uh, compared to most of the field. So uh, ownership is really a big driving factor with some of our picks. Is that right, Colin? Great. Yes, absolutely. Well, why don't we start off, Kenny, you have a tournament play. And it's a quarterback. Let's let's hear more about it. Oh, this is the most obvious choice on the slate, fellas. Daniel Jones, fifty seven hundred on DraftKings. Um, so you have the Lions defense that ranks thirty second in the league. That's last in the league to opposing quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points allowed. Um, other thing that I looked at here was running quarterbacks. So like what Fields did last week mm-hmm. to Detroit. <laughs> I think. 147 yards and two touchdowns rushing, plus another 167 and two passing touchdowns. Uh, in week four, we had Geno Smith. That was my big week, by the way. That was really driven by that particular game. Geno Smith went pretty crazy against Detroit, another running quarterback. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like here with uh, Vanilla Vic, as Saquon Barkley called him. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was pretty classic. I did not. Uh, yeah. You didn't see that? I did not. I think I'm happy I didn't. Oh, it's, it was great. They were in the huddle, and they were like, I don't know, maybe on their own 20 or something. He goes, if I bust a long one here, you better get down there, Vanilla Vic. <laughs> so I'm going with Daniel Jones. Yeah, he's, he's got great rushing potential, uh, obviously. Are you concerned about Saquon Barkley getting the lion's share of touches or, or you know attempts here? Absolutely, he'll get his, but... Uh, there's room for more than one against this defense. Okay, that makes sense. All right, Colin, any any objections to to the Daniel Jones pick? No, he's he's definitely viable, um, and it, you can even stack him with Saquon. If I was going to ask you but, that, Colin. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good call too. Yeah, yeah, Barkley is is one of his favorite targets. He, he likes to dump it off to him. So, and if you don't, you could play him. Uh, naked if you want or you could play him with with Wandale so I think there's a couple options there yeah yeah absolutely and, and obviously from my point of view I just love seeing the, the cheap quarterback because it kind of opens up the rest of your team to you know having a more expensive pick whatever it might be so uh, you know it gives you some flexibility 
uh, as well as it looks like the ownership isn't too high, Colin, on, on Jones here, at least some of the projections at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing around 7%, um, fourth or fifth most owned quarterback on the slate. Quarterback ownership is typically a little lower, but uh, but yeah, that's definitely reasonable and reasonable and, and I like the pick. Great. Awesome. All right, well, Colin, let's stick with you, and let's move over to your pick, which is a running back. Yeah, my uh, GPP play of the week is going to be David Montgomery. Um, he's coming in a little higher than I'd like. I, I saw 14 to 15% uh, ownership. Would have preferred that to stay under 10, but uh, I think he's definitely viable and plays a sort of leverage off of the, the Justin Fields um most popular quarterback this late. So if if Montgomery steals a touchdown or two, that goes correlates pretty much directly with with Fields not scoring as much. So so I like the way that's headed. And uh, obviously, Khalil Herbert is on the IR, so that'll open up more snaps and more touches for Montgomery. And and we've we've seen that before in end of 2020 and 2021. I think he finished as the top five running back in the final. I like Montgomery. Can you explain a little bit further about you, this Montgomery pick as like a, a, a just a, a hedge against Fields a bit? Like, and why is that so important? Obviously, with Fields being likely the most uh, uh, picked quarterback, it's a hedge. It's it's more of a direct opposition of Fields because I mean it depends if you play Fields. So I'm looking at Fields around twenty percent. So if you if you don't play Fields and you do play Montgomery, and Montgomery scores, mm-hmm. let's say. 25 fantasy points and two touchdowns then then that obviously means fields has a much lower ceiling because two of the touchdowns went to montgomery so that's where that sort of leverage comes off of of fields and into montgomery so in my head if i play montgomery at 14 percent it's almost lower than that because i'm gaining on 20 percent of the field who did play fields great all right, that's it. That that explains it to me pretty pretty well. So, Kenny, any uh, objections here for David? Uh, no, no, not if Colin's picking him. Of course, he's going to go off. That's a that's a given. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I guess let's move on to our cash plays. So, uh, with these ones, I I call them chalk plays. This this is usually how I play daily fantasy. I think I have such a unique lineup. It gets locked, and then I see the percentages are are quite high on just about everyone. Uh, so I have two here, obviously, because I'm not big on tournaments, nor am I successful in tournaments. But uh, my first one is Damian Pierce at 6,500 uh, for the Houston Texans. And my second one is Terry McLaurin in the same game at 5,900. Uh, Damian Pierce, I don't necessarily need to discuss that one too much. I just feel like he's he's going to get the lion's share of the carries. I don't trust necessarily the Texans' offense all that much outside of him. Uh, he's going to get what? let's say 15 to 20 carries, it really depends on what he does with that, if he can get a touchdown. I think if he gets one touchdown, gets at least 90 yards, I'd say it's successful. Uh, and then Terry McLaurin, uh, since Taylor Heineke has been the quarterback for the Commanders, he has seen eight-plus targets in uh, each of his four games. Granted, what he's done with those targets in each game has varied a bit, but at least you have the floor of getting eight targets. So those are my two picks for, for cash plays. Do you guys have any objections or anything you would uh, disagree with? I'll just I'll just jump in and add on on Pierce. Looks like he's coming in around twenty five percent. 
definitely a good cash play. Uh, these are ownerships are based on uh, tournaments, not cash. So he'll obviously come in higher than that in cash games. But he's also viable in tournaments. I mean, it's hard to argue with that uh, volume he gets. So uh, some I like to do is if I'm playing him, I like to play him in at least two times the amount of ownership he has. So if if I'm playing Pierce, I'm going to make sure he's in at least half my lineups. So that's sort of my rule of thumb. And then the same with the same with McLaurin. He looks like he's going to be second or third most popular receiver. But again, his floor is, is very high, so you can't go wrong with him either. Great. Well, I'm happy to hear, Colin, that you uh, you think my picks are at least all right. So, uh, All right, Kenny, what's, what's your cash play of the day? I'm going actually off the main slate. I hope that's okay here. But Austin Eckler, um, I really like this week. Uh, The Chiefs defense has allowed 6.6 receptions per game to running backs, which is tied for the worst or, you know, most in the NFL. Austin Eckler, just over these, well, the whole season, obviously, and including, by the way, week two when they played Kansas City, I think he had 10 targets, nine receptions. Um, didn't get in the end zone that game. I think he will here. Um, that's the bet anyway. And the other little point I had on him was 63 receptions over his past eight games, ranks most in the league for running backs. The Chiefs, meanwhile, have allowed 59 receptions to running backs in that same time frame, which is most in the league. So that matches up well. Um, even though you have the two, potentially the two wide receivers coming back for the Chargers here, I still think... You know, Eckler out of the backfield catching passes is a pretty safe bet uh, any week. So, absolutely. And I mean, the one point per reception, getting nine of them, I mean, just without the extra receiving yards seems like a nice floor uh, to have. Um, and that's obviously, that would be a single game, unless you do a, a what, Sunday to Monday slate. Uh, I know sometimes those are things, or Thursday to Monday. This would be a Thursday you can't necessarily now, but uh, a Sunday to Monday you could pick there. Uh, or if you want to do the captain, the showdown captain mode, uh, maybe he's a good captaincy pick. All right, so moving over to Colin, and this guy has been quite popular, I think, all year, mainly because of success, especially early on. He's had some injuries, and uh, who is that for you, Colin? Uh, I'm going with Amon Ra St. Brown, um, another guy he sort of has just been hovering around that $7,000 mark and hasn't really got much of a bump yet. So it looks like he's going to be the most popular play of the week, probably both in cash and tournaments, but I think it's well-deserved. He's playing the Giants, who are 23rd against the pass, according to DVOA, and then Brown himself, when he's healthy, has been just a monster. 28% 28% target share this season and, and dating back to last year. It's 12 straight games of nine plus targets when he's started and finished a game. So another sort of uh, key is that, that volume and, and safe floor, which, but also huge upside. So. Great. Nice. All right. So uh, everyone make sure you pick Damian Pierce, Terry McLaurin, Austin Eckler and Amon Ra St. Brown, if you can. Uh, that's it. Any closing thoughts on our cash picks before we move on to some player props? So DC, if one of your two wins, you'll win for the week. You're getting a two, two for one here. I like that. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll have to we'll go let him have it. Right. Colin. We'll have to go uh, point for dollar. So, uh, 
Yeah, actually, I think good that's point. a good move. Yeah, point per dollar for for all our prices. So uh, we'll have to look at that moving forward. All right, let's move over to our player prop section. This is something on our My Inside Edge site that we have started to produce a bit more recently. Uh, it obviously spits out very similar to reasons why we like an over or why we like an under. These are our gut picks, but you can also look on our site and find player props for every player that has them. Uh, and usually they're the usually the simple ones: TD passes, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards, all those. So. Uh, head over there to see all of our picks on the player pages. But we are going to start now with me. I'm going to double dip here. And I'm going Daniel Jones, over 195 and a half passing yards. Uh, I don't know how much I need to say this. Kenny, I think you said it for me. They're playing the Lions, man. Like, the Lions can't stop me, I think, if I was playing quarterback or running back at the moment. And nothing against the Lions. Their offense has been fantastic, but... The defense really hasn't stepped up in the same way, uh, which a lot of people expected. And I know people, a lot of people enjoyed the um, the hard knocks kind of, you know, ride with them. And it hasn't really come to fruition. So I think Daniel Jones over 195 and a half passing yards is good. The one thing that scares me about that is Saquon Barkley touches. He had 36 last week. And I believe Jones only threw 17 times. I expect him to maybe throw 25, and if he throws 25 times, I think he gets there easy. Uh, any objections to a Daniel Jones over his passing yards? Like you said, I mean, it, uh, the only thing that could stop him, I think, is if there's just too much running, would be one, um, himself and Saquon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, really, that's the main thing I, that I would be concerned about. But 195, you said it was? Yeah, 195 and a half. Yep. All right, perfect. Uh, we'll move on. Kenny, who is your uh, player prop that you love here? <laughs> I actually don't love. I kind of just like, I guess. I Only because... Um, so, Taylor Heineke, under one and a half passing touchdowns. The reason I don't love love it is because uh, he's actually burned us twice in a row just on our picks. We've gone against the commanders a couple weeks in a row. And he has just been phenomenal, really. I, I like an underdog like this kind of guy, just in general, who, you know, shows up. And he's actually, a, he's, he's just been performing really solidly for somebody who, you know, didn't even start the year as the starter. So I like those kind of guys. I don't like betting against those kind of guys. But uh, we had several reasons. There were 10 reasons for the under and no reasons for the over, according to our uh, player props on my inside edge. I can give you a couple. The Texans have only allowed one passing touchdown per game this whole season on average. Believe it or not, right? The Texans. But they're actually really good defensively against quarterbacks in terms of the passing game. Not very good against the run. And so, um, yeah, I think I think that's really the game plan for um, the commanders. This game is going to be much like it was against the Eagles when we saw what they did, how they just ran the ball nonstop last week against those guys. Um, so they're going to keep it on the ground. Less chance to get a, a passing touchdown, and so I'm going with the under here. I do have to say, Kenny, that you don't like betting against these guys, but you're doing exactly that. So I, I'll, exactly. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be watching this one uh, very <laughs> intently, to to say the least. Yes. Uh, all right. So Taylor Heineke under one and a half uh, touchdown passes, and then Colin, you're going to wrap us up here with maybe a, maybe a bit of a surprise. 
I don't know about a surprise, but uh, a pick I do love, not like Kenny. Uh, Paris Campbell over 38.5 receiving yards. Uh, he's become a, a popular pick in the DFS world, but I'm going to the to the betting world here. And In his last three games with Matt Ryan, he's seen at least nine targets, 57 yards, and he scored a touchdown in all three of those games. But he's playing around 85% of the snaps, and 70 of those are, are in the slot. So that that's nice to hear, and, and I think... He's only he's only forty three hundred on DraftKings, so you can play him there too. But he's going to be popular. Going to be popular. It's a good call. Great, yeah. That's someone I definitely don't think about. I know I, Colin, off air. I talked to you about you know Alec Pierce or Michael Pittman. This might be the sneaky play on that Colts offense this week. All right. Any closing words? Any words of wisdom that we want to give everyone listening today? Oh man, I don't want to force anything on you, Kenny. <laughs> good luck to all we'll see how we do next week um yeah yeah absolutely. it'll be fun it's always fun man this nfl is just so addicting isn't it it's so much fun to watch yeah absolutely and, and tune in next week we'll have our uh a quick little wrap-up of how we did this week uh and you know hopefully it's joyful hope we're all you know joyous and, and you know cheering uh everyone here but if not, obviously you guys can uh, enjoy uh, our, our pain. So Check out MyInsideEdge.com. Yes, absolutely. Check out MyInsideEdge. That's where all of these picks and information really comes from. It helps us uh, with everything we do. So check out MyInsideEdge.com. It's powered by Remarkable. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs>